Match week 27. City almost slip at Everton, but hold on. Not without controversy, however. United, who are tasked with Watford, end up dropping the ball and dropping points as they draw nil-nil. Jekyll and Hyde Hotspur and title contenders Liverpool thrash leads 4-0 and 6-0, leading to the sack of Bielsa. All that and everything from the match day, 27 games, along with the additional makeup games. This is the Premiership Russo Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. We're live again. We're live. Back in action. Back in the saddle. Everyone's favorite Premier League dynamic duo. Yeah. Just just briefly, moments ago, I had a heater going because it's very cold, and I partially melted my mouse, I believe, and it's not working anymore. So <laughs> so no, no mouse episode. Uh, what can you do? Unfortunate. Maybe one day it'll come back from the dead, but today is not the day. And speaking... Of coming back from the dead, none other than Burnley Football Club. Oh my gosh! Was this the first game of the? It was, wasn't it? All right. Of Wednesday, yes. Yes. All right. To the lineups we go: Pope, Tarkovsky, me, Roberts, Peters, Cork, Brownhill, McNeil, Lennon, Foot, Veg, Horst, Jay Rodriguez. For Tottenham: Lloris, Romero, Dyer, Davies, Hoiberg, Royale. Sessegnon, Bentancur, Hyungmin's son, Kane, Kuliszewski. We talked about last week, before we left, we tried to give Burnley the good vibes, the good memes, make sure that's going for him. Absolutely. And it carried over. <clears throat> um, there was only one possible outcome of Tottenham <laughs> beating Man City. Yeah, followed up with a loss to Burnley. Burnley. <laughs> Fast start for Burnley, couple of dangerous crosses, um, really testing Tottenham early. I mean, they were able to. Uh, they didn't outpossess Tottenham. I don't believe in this one, but I mean, they virtually had the same passing accuracy. Shot had more shot attempts throughout the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, the first fifteen minutes they had the majority of possession though, and they had every chance of the first fifteen minutes. Um, wasn't until about the twenty minute mark Tottenham kind of got back in the game with a little possession, um, but didn't really result in much. Cleared crosses. Um, Burnley able to deal with what Tottenham was putting out there in attack, which we've seen from teams that just kind of, you know, make Tottenham beat them through possession, right? Yeah. No easy scapegoats like uh, against Man City where you just hoof it down the left-hand side or something and mm-hmm. get some easy goals. Burnley, they make you work for your goals. Yes. Uh, Rodriguez with a chance. <clears throat> um 
but not able to take it very well. I just thought that, you know, Tottenham really were struggling to get a semblance of a chance that would result in the shot on target. I mean, it was partially due to passing, partially due to just like the dynamic runs. It didn't seem like they were really there in the first half. But uh, they did have a chance to break on the counter right before half, but Sun, head down, takes the shot. He had Kane wide open if he passes. But what are you going to do when you got that goal scoring mentality? Second half, Tottenham, open up, free kick, set piece routine, results in a header off the bar. Tottenham with some possession um, after for about five minutes. Burnley back on the front foot around 50, 55 minutes in, somewhere in that range. Uh, Burnley's defense in this game, especially in the second half, a little scrambled at times for some reason, but uh, always able to come up with the crucial block or clearance. And you know what? The rain and wind was picking up, and that just means one thing for Burnley. <laughs> it's just culminating in a goal. Um, big save, 68th minute on Vutvek horse from <clears throat> Dwight McNeil. Uh, Kulishevsky had a couple curling shots, um, one off possession and, uh, was cleared near the line. The other just inches wide on the counterattack. but then we get the goal set piece, free kick to the back post. Ben me heads it in Romero, pretty decent game, uh, at that point, but gets absolutely, as Sam would say, postered by Mr. Ben. Get me. dunked on. <laughs> um, not a ton after that. Burnley able to kind of hold on that one nil victory. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the issue is, you know, we we know Tottenham is a counterattacking team. Yeah, and Burnley is just gonna not let you counterattack really no. at all. Yeah, and you know they they like to sit back and just. I didn't like the midfield selection out of Tottenham going with Bentoncourt and Hoiberg that's just you need some creativity in there I mean I don't know who you're gonna go go with on that but yeah I mean it feels like they rely a little especially last couple games on Sessegnon a lot too getting forward ever he's and to be fair he's been a little better since he got pulled in like the 20th minute or whatever that was but uh I don't know Emerson Royale just does nothing for me ever so it's pointless to have him out there yeah, they just seem like they're they're stuck into one play style, mm-hmm. and it's like only on the counterattack. Yeah. So, but I, I would say if there's one bright spot for Tottenham, Kulishevsky again mm-hmm. looked pretty decent out there. Um, other than that, not a ton going for him. As far as Burnley go, another damn good game for Josh Brownhill, um, especially in the defensive part of the game. A couple of chances in attack, but nothing super crazy. But uh. You know, and McNeil's kind of playing a little better lately. So I don't know that they they might as well not ever play Jay Rodriguez. I don't know what he provides. Yeah. I get you got to rotate for Corne, but it's like, I don't know. I guess the other chance is Vidra, who gets in the spots. He just is so terrible. He can't convert ever. Vidra or like it did Ashley Barnes. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it's okay because they have Vutvek Horst out there. They do. Who will carry their team to one no victories forever. Absolutely. So good result for Burnley, as we requested from them, going into the second game of Wednesday, Watford versus Crystal Palace. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. To the lineups. Ben Foster, Kamara, Cathcart, Feminia, Samir, Luza, Cleves, Sissoko, Josh King, Ismail Sar, Manuel Dennis, Four, Palace, Butland, Mitchell, Goyhi, Anderson, Klein, Coyate, Will Hughes, Gallagher, Olise, Zaha, and Mateta. Just uh, first, first things first, this Palace lineup, that is... You like it a lot. Scrumptious. Yeah, you like it a lot. It has I like to it. be said. I like it a lot, too. This is probably... The only thing I would say is maybe... I mean, you can't really sit Wolf because he's been in decent form, but... uh, And so is Mateta, so it's like you can't really yeah. get Edward in there, but that's the only thing I would say. And my first impression from the Watford lineup is... It's too light in midfield, I think. Yeah. With, asking, with the three forwards. I just don't know like Asar is kind of a midfielder the way he drops back but he's not going to provide a ton defensively it's just I don't I'll I've said it a couple podcasts ago or maybe even last pocket why is Josh King out there at this point I don't know what he does that hat trick against Everton really cemented his spot yeah pretty much I, I just don't get it even if it's another center back somehow like that would probably be better than Josh King so uh to the game Teams kind of feeling each other out, and you know most possession plays through Palace early on. Um, have an early chance, or not chance, but a shout for a penalty on Gallagher. I wouldn't say it was, but I guess you know you got to do what you got to do and try to win games out here in Palace. Yes. But they do get a goal. Palace possession plays through Gallagher up the wing, crosses it in, wasn't fully cleared. Mateta like gathers on the edge of the box with his back to net, like spinning turn shot. Wasn't that great. I thought it went in just right away, but there's a little deflection off. Feminia goes by Foster. 1-0 early on. Watford come right back down after conceding. Win a corner. And then Musa Sissoko, first goal for him, wins a header over Gallagher in front of Butland. It's a great little run there by Musa Sissoko. Hasn't done virtually anything for them but missed chances and maybe once in a while plays okay in midfield. So nice, you know, get something from him. Yeah. Seeing as how you get virtually he, nothing He has from a midfield. nice run like once a game at least. Yeah, and then but he just has a terrible shot. Or it's either a terrible shot or just nothing happens. Real Madrid zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chance for Palace. Samir gives the ball away but then takes it off Mateta on the edge of the box. Uh, leads Watford pushing all the way into a chance, but Dennis heads it high. Very unfortunate. You've, I would have backed Dennis to convert yeah, that one. Just yeah. mm -hmm. not good. Um, Watford, little possession from 20th minute to about the 30th minute um, before Palace kind of ramp up the pressure and possession once more. Um, Watford defenses just has issues all over um just complicating things i think is the best way to put it just trying to pass out when they should just probably clear it or trying to dribble out i just and i've seen it before with this defense no matter who's in it it seems like they will pass it up to like kuchka and i'll have his back to the ball and someone's immediately on him just going to take it off it's like just get it out mm -hmm. just clear it you're not going to build out from the back like that so um, 
Another chance for Palace forces Foster to make a save, which forces a corner. The Palace get the goal to make it 2-1. Tyrek Mitchell, Sam's guy, out wide, trying to get the angle, send it in. Once he does, great cross, terrific touch, and a banger of a finish from Connor Gallagher. Yeah, good to see him back on the score sheet. That's what he does. Second half, um, kind of open for Palace. I thought uh, add a big chance uh, on the 51st minute goes past three or Mateta goes past three Watford defenders on the counter can't play it across six yard box to at least say had the chance for the sweaty goal could not convert back and forth spells of possession um, both sides nothing really threatening I thought in the second half is kind of a little lackluster and then massive chance for Watford um, cleared out for a corner Watford, Sky, uh, I was blocked. Dennis, Sky's the shot. Could have made it 2-2. Does not. Palace kind of in control, seeing it out for the rest of the half. Wilf, he seals it, makes it 3-1. Poor defense by Watford just committing to Ayu, who crosses it all the way to Zaha, other side of the box. Slots it, and then Wilf adds a fourth, which was really out of nowhere. Great finish. Very reminiscent of the Norwich goal. 4-1. Crystal Palace wins the Roy Hodgson Derby. Unbelievable. Even though it's completely believable. Yeah, you got to say, this has been Watford's, maybe their first really poor performance under Hodgson. You know, kind of uncharacteristic how, you know, so far they've been pretty organized. Mm-hmm. You know, there hasn't Was been... the Norwich game under him, or was that... Still Ranieri. That, I think that was Ranieri's that last was game. That was Ranieri's last game. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't know. The decision to play the 4-3-3, like you say, Especially Josh since they've been going 4-4-2 for how long. Yeah. And I don't know. It kind of, In a way, it was that, but at the same time, it's like you can't expect much out of Sar in defense, so it really is a 4-3-3. Yeah. So. And, and you have... You have Josh King, who's just gonna out there, out there, kind of a waste. So, mm-hmm. good win for Crystal Palace. Good morale booster. Watford, you're running out of games to pick up points. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I mean, we've talked about how we don't really dabble much in the expected goals in this one, but I'm pretty sure Palace's expected goals was like very low. It might have been hmm. like one or like one and a half in this game. I didn't think there's any like crazy goals in this one in terms of. You know, something that Palace was incapable of, so I was very surprised by that. But, uh, you know, as far as Watford go, got to iron out the defense if you're going to stay up. Speaking about ironing out defenses. There is no defense to iron out. There is no defense to iron out. It's Liverpool versus Leeds United. The death of Marcelo Bielsa. The beginning of the end was... Right here. This might have been the final nail in the coffin even before the Tottenham game. Yeah, into the lineups. Allison, Van Dyke, Robertson, Matip, Alexander-Arnold, Fabinho, Thiago, Curtis Jones, Mane, Sala, and Luis Diaz. For Leeds, Melier, Luke Ayling, Firpo, Dallas, Stroik, Forshaw, Rafinha, Rodrigo, Harrison, Click, and Dan James. It's a very attacking lineup from Leeds there. What, what else are you going to do? You don't have any oh, defense anyways. Just throw it all out there. And What are you going to put in uh, 
Mr. Charlie Cresswell. Yeah, Mr. You know, Shackleton. It it does make you wonder why. I mean, I thought Cresswell and they're playing fine. Shackleton, but did when, good enough to be. When you have Junior Furpo out there and he's just trash, you know, you got to keep rolling with him because you spend money on him. Yeah, obviously, I, I think Stroik is pretty bad. Luke Ayling obviously is a right back. Yeah, I'd rather see Cresswell out there, a natural center back. Yeah, I mean, with this lineup, I feel like you're putting so much on support guys like Ailing and Dallas that they can't even just be okay like yeah. they were, um, let alone be pretty decent like last season because you just don't have your main guys out there. I mean, you're getting Rafinha back and stuff, but and Harrison's another main guy. But other than that, it's like, eh. Yeah. Like and- you're still rocking for Sean Click. Yeah, in the midfield, there's no semblance of a holding midfielder. You have no. Forshaw, who's just, I don't know, he's been terrible. I don't know why he plays every week. He just kind of gets some tackles and some interceptions, but he is like king of messing up passes and giving the ball away when he has to do something. And he seems like he's always out of position. Yeah, he, I mean, I even at Middlesbrough, he wasn't very good, but... Then again, when he when Leeds signed him, they're probably like, oh, well, he'll be like a backup or something. Yeah. And they have no depth, so they're like, uh-oh, we have yeah. to play this guy. So anyways, getting into the game, early penalty shout for Dan James, closes down on Allison, who misses the ball and takes out James. And Yeah, it's a weird one. It seemed like it should have been a penalty. Yeah. But they didn't call it. What are you going to do? So, unlucky for Leeds. And then 14th minute, Liverpool get a penalty after Stuart Dallas handball. Mo Salah steps up, converts to make it 1-0. This is how the template's been going for Leeds games. It's just like early conceding and just you can sense this like defeat setting in just early mm-hmm. on. Even though they'll respond with a good chance, but they won't take it. And that even just digs them further down. Yeah. 27th minute, Rafinha scores, but the flag is offside. Yeah, I thought they had chances to counter in this one, and they just weren't able to take advantage of it. They definitely did. And then 30th minute, Mata makes it 2-0. If you needed any proof that there was no midfield, Joel Joel Mata just walking in. Yeah, he just walks through the midfield, says, don't mind if I do, play a 1-2 with Mo Salah, gets it back, nice finish. Especially for a center back. Again, four shot, terrible. <laughs> this game, you could tell it was going a very bad place. Yeah. And then 33rd minute, Liverpool get another penalty. Very soft one for Mane. As yeah, he, he was clipped, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think it was more so the, the fact that he was the last man back. But didn't get a red card because... Yeah. It, I don't. It was called a penalty, so they have to like double, double jeopardy or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You, yeah. you can't give up a penalty and red card at the same time anymore. I guess. Salah steps up three nil, and then just before halftime, Salah has a chip over Melier that is cleared off the line. So it goes into halftime, three nil. Very depressing for Leeds. And at this point, it's. Just it's not going to get any better. Yeah, Liverpool kind of just holding the ball, still mm-hmm. creating chances. 80th minute, Mane scores after a beautiful team play from Salah to Henderson. It plays it across to Mane. 
Yeah, the Henderson first-time pass on that through ball from Salah was oof, yeah. right, right across the box. Beautiful. Very nice. And then 90th minute, Mane cleans up a save from Melier after a shot from Divock Origi. It's hilarious to hear like how much Melier concedes, and yet you look at these games, and he still has like way more saves than like goals conceded. <laughs> you know, he have like he conceded I think six in this game, but he had like eight saves. He's got in the a lot Tottenham of work. game. He has like six saves and concedes four. <laughs> it's it's just so bad. And then just to top it off, ninety plus three, Van Dyke free header from the corner from the corner to make it six. And that's just a, that's all she wrote. A bad one from Leeds, to say the least. I I get it going for it, you know. And what's the difference? I mean, they play a defensive lineup. Okay, so you lose what two nil? Like I I don't know. I don't think it matters. You lose six nil. You lose one nil, two nil. But I mean, there's got to be something to be said about losing six nil. That's got to be pretty depressing. Yeah, and they also lost to City what six or seven nil too. So. And then you get dragged through the mud by United, yeah. literally, yeah. in that four-two loss in the Tottenham game. So, but really, they have no one to blame but themselves for not bolstering the squad in the summer. Yeah, I think that that's one thing that uh, you know people don't really talk about with Leeds, and you know, it's not a part of it's going to fall on Bielsa and play style <clears throat> a little bit. But I mean, when you're spending big money which leads are, let's not kid ourselves, they're spending big time, and you're spending money, like 50 mil on like Rodrigo, mm-hmm. and you're spending big time money um, just across the board, what, 30 mil for Dan James? Yeah. It's like maybe you should be spending like 10 mil, like Palace, on like some championship guys just to get uh, all right dudes. Yeah. Maybe like, get a guy in on loan or something. And I mean, you know, and it's... Leeds fans would probably say, well, we tried to get Gallagher, remember, on loan, and he just chose Palace over Leeds. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't mean you should be like, okay, we didn't get the one guy. Let's just ignore that then. Uh, even even if they got Gallagher, it still would have been bad because <laughs> he's attack-minded. Yeah. They need, they do, they need not a direct replacement for um, Calvin Phillips, but right. even if it's like a just Oliver Skip kind of guy where it's like he's literally just a six. He'll tackle the ball mm-hmm. in midfield and stuff, and he'll play it side to side or back, but yeah. they just need a guy like that. Yeah, really, they without Calvin Phillips, they just play without any central def, uh, midfield defensive midfielder, whereas even when they have Calvin Phillips up out there, it's a lot of work for one guy. Mm-hmm. Like, in reality, they should be replacing him with two midfielders that are more defensively focused. Yeah, and allow their attacking players to go to work. Yeah, there's definitely counter. definitely work to be done in the summer for Leeds. Um, but you know, yeah, is the mouse good? No, it's no, it's, it's still fried. Dead. It's dead. <laughs> it's dead. Unfortunate. Yeah, but no, there's there's work to be done for Leeds in the summer, and yeah, they're gonna have to focus more on depth if they stay up like this is yeah crazy. And you especially say, since you're not you're not even playing the young guys anymore which i guess if your job's on the line like bielsa's has been for a while yeah. you're probably going to go down with the guys you spent money on yeah other than young guys you just trust them more but mm-hmm. i don't know anyways moving on to two teams that are very much not dead a rematch of the a previous weeks week. yeah something like that i don't know like two, two weeks. weeks ago yeah 
Arsenal versus Wolves, this time at the Emirates Stadium, into the lineups. For Arsenal, Ramsdale, Tierney, White, Gabriel, Suarez, Partey, Saka, Odegaard, Jaka, Martinelli, and Lacazette. thought it was kind of uh, defensive-loaded in a way, or a little, you know, not as attacking as it can be for Arsenal in midfield. Yeah, I think the the surprise in this one was that there was no Smith Rowe. He was out. out. Ended up being COVID. For Wolves, Saw, Cody, Kilman, Sice, Aitnori, Neves, Semedo, Matinho, Jimenez, Potens, and Huang Yi Chan. So a few changes from the last time they played Arsenal. Um, I, th- I think uh, Aitnori came in. Kilman. Um, Chan came in. Mm-hmm. So th- this one was a better lineup on paper, you would say, than their their most previous one. Yeah. And this game, honestly, it went pretty similar to the, the last game, except this time... A few more chances taken. Wolves actually took one of their chances, and really, you know, it was poor defending from Gabriel. Gabriel, that was pass. bad. Yeah, that I, was... I gave him the curse of saying he was really close, like, in yeah. terms of top-tier defenders in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he is still a great defender. Yeah. You know, when you have young guys like this, these kind of mistakes will happen. Yeah, he's still, I would say if you rank the tiers of center backs, it'd probably be Van Dyke and Diaz one, and then there'd be like a second tier of like Gabriel, this year probably Connor Cody with how good Mm -hmm. uh, Wolves have been defensively and stuff. And then you, I don't know, maybe put Thiago Silva in the first or second. You could make a case for either. Yeah. Yep. Um but Arsenal, you know, playing some some good attacking football again, mm-hmm. creating chances, and it's just kind of more so frustrating going down a goal and then yeah having these chances but not converting on the chances. And then to keep in mind, Wolves definitely um, had chances of their yeah, own too. Sure. Raul Jimenez just had a really good chance, but. <clears throat> completely fluffed the shot. Yeah, it could have been a much different game. I mean, Wolves go up 2-0, and mm-hmm. that's that's pretty tough to come back from. Against their defense. Yeah. Um, really, this one, it goes into the second half. Arsenal still pushing for the goal. Still pushing for the goal. They they make some substitutions. Yeah, Semedo getting hurt Semedo for Wolves kind of hurt because he was playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Wolves' defense you know was able to hold up really well um and i mean that was just part part of arsenal kind of being a little more defensive minded in their yeah. lineup too so yeah but, this was a game where you really would have liked to have smith row in there mm-hmm. just a dynamic Martinelli edge doesn't to it necessarily help when you're playing a team that's defensive like wolves can be at times yeah um <clears throat> but there's a substitution pepe comes on for martinelli in the 71st minute and then look good yeah he he looked good eddie and ketia comes on he he makes some some moves happen 82nd minute where the game changes pepe with the ball from Enketia, the nice mm-hmm. turn and shot yeah scores a huge goal pepe's back maybe maybe arteta says he's uh he's come back a new player from the 
the African Cup of Nations. That'd be something that's that'd be great for Arsenal. Which is strange because he played so well at the end of last season. Yeah. And then to start this year, it was back to old Pepe. And it's like, oh, well, All this right. is kind of shitty. But now, you know, yeah. maybe he's back to end of last season, Pepe. Maybe he's just a second-half player. And Arsenal have to build that into, you know, when they're counting for their squad in the summer and be like, well, we'll have goal scoring from Pepe in the second half of the year. It, it is really just a curious case of, of Pepe. The curious everyone, case of Pepe. Everyone knows that, you know, he's he's got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he it seems like he tries to do too much a lot of the time. And, like, most of the times he could just make a simple pass. And yeah. instead he tries to take on a defender and then loses the ball. Yeah. And that's really frustrating. And that's an area where he still needs to grow. But... He's a player who can work well in tight spaces. Yep. And we saw that with the goal there. And, you know, Arsenal still pushing for the How about the weird the substitution thing with, like, Wolves, where it's like Jimenez was going to come off, but then he didn't come off, and he was, like, yelling at the ref because he's like, I don't think I'm coming off. Yeah. Wol- but they're like, you got to go over because his number's on the board. Right. And then it turns out Jimenez didn't go off. It was, I think, Podence got subbed off or something. Yeah, let's be let's be real here. Wolves were pulling. That was off tactical a, by the bench. A that was world by the bench. class time wasting <laughs> effort from Wolves. The, that was you got to respect it though. It yeah. didn't work out, but you got to respect it. Didn't it. Work out. it very close to working out and getting a point at least, but it was very frustrating. It, um, very our, poorly handled by the referee. If yeah, who, who was the ref? Martin Atkinson. Yeah, he was head in the clouds. Uh, Couple saves towards the end for Saab, but then mm-hmm. Mr. Lacazette puts it away. Even though I don't know how this wasn't just a goal. I don't know why it's it, no It goal. wasn't going in. It. I don't care. It should have counted for him. Yeah. Given the fact, for Jose Saab. Given, given the fact that he skied like every other chance he had that game or put it way wide, it felt yeah. like. So, yeah. Big one for Arsenal. Big for win the top for Arsenal. Four ambitions. Unfortunate for Wolves. They lose both games against Arsenal. Still have that one against Tottenham, but yeah. then later in the week, big one against West Ham. So Yeah, you gotta say Arsenal getting six points out of six from Wolves. Massive. That's very big. So moving on to the next game, which is onto the weekend games. Yeah. Let me get this sorted. Oh yeah, the Friday. Southampton versus Norwich on Friday. So the lineups. Hank saw this one on the calendar and he circled it. He yeah. said, this is going to be the one. This is my game. To the lineups, Forrester, Walker-Peters, Levermento, Salisu, Bednarak, Romeo, Ward-Prowse, Armstrong, El Nuesi, Che, Mick, Adams, and Armando Brogia. For Norch, Gunn, Aarons, Gibson, Hanley, Williams, Gilmore, Norman, Rashitza, McLean, Sargent, and Pookie. Um, this was kind of a frustrating game to watch, especially in the first half. Um, Southampton, first five minutes, couldn't really create a ton. Great counterattack by Norwich around the 10th minute. Um, but, you know, this was kind of just the story of the game for Norwich. Is they, whenever they did create a half-decent chance, Southampton's defense was just spectacular in this game specifically Salisu was playing really well um Southampton able to create pressure 
um, with Norwich building out of the back, and that's kind of when it started to go south for Norwich, as in many games. They just try and, especially with a team like Southampton that's able to press pretty decently, it's like, don't don't try that. Yeah. Um, just creating giveaways and chances for Southampton um, from defense. It's uh, so unnecessary. It's like going back to that Wadford game. It's like, stop trying to play out of the back. Like, realize what you are. You're a relegation team. Yeah. Um, big chances for El Nuesi and then Adams, uh, but not able to take it. But then, finally, they get a goal, a breakthrough, and it was quite the struggle. Um, possession up the wing with Levermento swinging it in. Few bounces, a few whiffs. Adams like laying on the ground. One like, of the crappiest goals kinda, you'll see. Yeah, it, it really was. He like kind of hooked it on his foot, which lifted it over. <laughs> Agnes Gunn, one nil, Southampton. Norwich able to hold some possession after the goal, uh, going in the half, but still concede a chance at the end of the half to El Nuesi, who puts it wide. Second half, Southampton continue dominance, especially off corners. Um, they just we're really taking it to Norwich. And, you know, you might not think that necessarily because, you know, if there's one thing a guy like Grant Hanley, who's supposed to be Norwich's best guy, is good at, it's going to be clearing the ball. Yeah. But not not the case. Um, Game opened up for a little bit. Norwich have a chance on the counter, but just sky the shot from the edge of the box, kind of snatched at it. So I kind of would have liked to see Norwich somehow, if they did have one of those counters, maybe slow it down because it, was clear that they're not going to have the quality to finish or especially take a Southampton guy one-on-one. So big chance for Southampton to add the lead. Um, Broja has a touch pass, which I thought he should have shot, but it was a touch pass and uh, Kyle Walker, Peter stepped into it, rips it, but it was right at Agnes gun. Have a note here again about Salisu just being really good at the last line of defense blocking last ditch efforts um, to clear the ball uh chance for grant hanley off a corner not unmarked but in a great spot did a good job to get there but heads it wide uh, james Wood prowse free kick skimming the top of the net norwich revert to playing out of the back in the final 10 and it has been shit is my note Re- uh results in a goal from southampton oriel Romeo volley from a corner that was cleared that's the thing too i didn't get about this if you watch that norch has everyone in the box and somehow it gets through well it just why is everyone in the box when you're down one nil in like the 89th <clears throat> minute yeah but anyways they clear it to the edge of the box which Romeo is standing there because no one's outside the box yeah. and just volleys it very nice goal for him ends two nil Southampton, about as hot as you can be. Yeah, they got to be up there in the form charts. Norwich, about as stinky as you can be. Yeah, Norwich, they had that little run with uh, Ida in the team, and then he got hurt. And even if even if Norwich was playing well, they'd still be getting relegated, most likely. I mean, the, the other teams around them have really picked it up. Yeah, I mean, they have one loss in their last 10 Premier League games, Southampton. Very nice. I mean, that's, you know, we They're came They're going to win the title. Is, we, is that what you're telling me? Came in this year. We didn't fully know what their squad, because there's a little 
you know, we didn't know because they're kind of, it's not an experienced squad, but it's not super young, but there's just a mix. We didn't really trust their vets. Yeah. Southampton in the top half of the table, who would have seen it coming? Norwich. I don't know. I think it's over. Farewell. <laughs> Pour one out for him. I, Farewell, I, sweet I, canaries. If, if we're wrong, we'll eat our hats. But I'll tell you what, right now as we sit here on March 3rd, I feel I will, comfortable I saying... I will eat this melted mouse. <laughs> I will eat it. Uh, yeah, I think it's over. I gave him a chance. We even tried to you know, talk Norwich back into it by once they got Dean Smith. We're like, you know what? We'll give him a chance. And they got some wins. They got some draws. But no, no more. The task was too large for even the best. Moving on, next game. Speaking of task too large... Did you get it, or did you break it further? There you go. No, it's it doesn't it doesn't click in on this side. It's oh, stuck. Well. Okay. Okay. Tottenham. People leads. are probably like, "Oh my God, would you stop touching the mouse, Jesus?" Melier, Ailing, Furpo, Urente, Stroik, Forshaw, Cock, Rafinha, Dallas, Harrison, Dan, James, for Tottenham, Luis, Romero, Dyer, Davies, Doherty. Hoiberg, Winks, Sessegnon, Son, Kane, Kuliszewski. Um, I don't know. And, I mean, this is just one of those things. We talked early in the year how about how Cooper bad how bad Cooper was for him. Yeah. I think Urente is, like, that times a 1,000. Maybe it's just because yeah. I haven't seen Cooper in a while. But, I mean, he... Him and Strike are... Terrible. Trash. Um... Early chance for Leeds off a set piece as Strike heads it just wide to the far post. We've seen this from Tottenham. Their set piece defending lately is so bad. Why is it so bad, Tottenham? Why is it so bad? Yeah, it really shouldn't be. I mean, Romero and Dyer. Yeah. Two big guys. Davies sometimes can, you know, in terms of if he's going to be good at anything, it's probably clearances. It's not going to be blocks it's definitely not going to be taken guys one-on-one as we've seen um leads not taking their chance early results in tottenham going down scoring um is back and forth for the first 10 minutes but winks able to feed one to sessignon runs up the wing finds doherty back post one nil just so much space behind leads back line for the ball being in midfield when winks is on it he's right at midfield and leads defenders their back line is probably like maybe five ten yards away from them it felt like it's there's being aggressive and playing a high line and then there's just that tottenham able to get another goal um holding possession and a brilliant run from kuliszewski slots it near post but you got to question the defending from leeds um to allow him to make that run didn't you think that that one was like, it was a good run, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't, like, amazing. He went through, like, three guys. That's just how leads go, you know? They, they're they like a uh, a tower of cards. They just crumble. <laughs> uh, leads respond going down with some good passing, but Cock hits the post. That's the thing, too, about leads. It's like, if you're going to be attacking... Like, you eventually have to take your chances. Yeah, you got to score. This is terrible. Um, Tottenham left some space for Leeds uh, between the defense and the midfield as well, but Leeds just not really utilizing those pockets of space 
um, through passing with Rodrigo or James or Rafinha. It seems like that's kind of been the difference. Like we've seen in the past where Leeds will concede, but they do they do score at least some, you know. Yeah. This game it might be like four to two or something. Yeah. Uh Leeds kind of you know, their press was effective on Tottenham when Tottenham's trying to play other back because, you know, Tottenham struggled to do that as well. But um Tottenham for a while kind of pinned back, but they go and get a goal over the top ball, probably 30, 35 yards out, onto Kane's foot, who beat Urente bad. Bad. I'm talking bad. One on one, just over the top, straight from the goal. Kane getting position. Um, 3 0 inside 30 minutes. It's toast. You're done. I think, Sayonara. I, I think uh, Urente, Stroich, and Robin Koch, that's like the Bermuda Triangle of football. It's just. You yeah, don't except, go there. yeah, but it that doesn't. I don't know. I was gonna say that doesn't work because if you say that, it'd be like the attackers go there and they get lost and they're <clears> never heard of. It, no, but it's, it's, it's that when attackers, they're in the like, lineup, then yeah, bad things happen. Yeah, um, leads fouling like crazy and just always beat when in a defensive position. Um, Furpo, just I mean, and he had plays like that against the. Liverpool too where yeah. it's just like we got like a yellow on Fabinho it's like you're worried about Fabinho beating you so you're gonna slide tackle at him like and you gotta yeah. cover Salah the rest of the mm-hmm. game like you idiot uh, <laughs> idiot Leeds, you just got idiot from from Hank yeah well he is an idiot <laughs> he's right. terrible he's the money that <laughs> Junior Furpo and Champles the money Leeds spent on that guy for him to be this bad yeah bring far, back Aliaski far, Farsa Farsa. They're, Farsa. they're just screwing people over out Bam, here. Screwed Tottenham over. Larsa. Yeah, screwing Tottenham over by getting Royale. Now they screw uh, leads over by selling for both. Yeah, not cool. Uh, second half, 10 minutes in. Best chances come from a sun run for midfield, but tame shot for Melier to handle. Leeds attack just lacking that dynamicism or dynamism. Uh, but just a general sense of direction too. Like, I don't know what they, what are they supposed to be good at? Yeah. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. It seems like they just kind of like put out like attacking players and are like, okay, hopefully this works. Yeah. There's no like somehow. passing fluidity from leads. It just kind of felt on like Rafinha to make, yeah. Make magic, Rafinha. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a team effort, really. It seems like a kind of a group of individuals. Yeah, Rodrigo kind of showcases that, too, where it's like he might be good, but it's mm-hmm. like he doesn't really fit in with any guys out there anyways. It's kind of yeah. just him with the ball, it feels like. So, yeah. um, Sessegnon, great chance, back post, misses the ball and immediately just falls right into the post. Um, Tottenham getting some shots off Emelier, not too threatening. Middle of the field just wide open the second half for both teams, which is just, I guess it's not that surprising. What what else do you expect from these sides? Stu Dallas blocks a Larice pass and has an open net from probably like, what did you say, 40 yards out that was. Instead dribbles it to the <laughs> box where a defender gets back on the line and then shoots it, which is blocked by a different defender sliding in when he could have passed it. Leeds season in a nutshell. Yeah. Counterattack chance for Leeds at the 82nd mark. Dan James 
puts uh, the unmarked chance wide. Again, just not taking their chances. And then to wrap it up, Sun from Kane, over-the-top ball. Amazing pass from Kane um, from the Tottenham defensive half. Sun one-on-one scores it. 4-0. Bielsa. All right, Audi. He's done. Jesse Marsh. Howdy. No. No. He's going to lead them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're going for the uh, whatchamacallit crowd. What's that show? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. They're going for the Ted Lasso crowd. Yeah. I can't believe that Big Sam was the first initial rumor, and they didn't go Big Sam. That is a travesty. That is a travesty. I mean, Jesse Marsh, how uninspiring of a. It's, this guy's it's, got no Premier League experience. It seems be- already struggling. It's because uh, it's because he's probably more likely to suit their attacking style of play. But it's like you don't really have great attack right now, anyways. Yeah. So no, he's he's like diet Bielsa or Bielsa exactly. light. Like I don't. And and why would you just downgrade on Bielsa like that? Like. Why are you just getting rid of Bielsa to bring in the worst version of Bielsa? You think it's going to be a fresh start, I guess? I don't know. It's I think stupid. if you're going to sack a manager, and I feel this way about like all sports, if you're going to sack the coach, it sh- you shouldn't bring in a guy who's very similar to him in terms of style yeah, and just like the way he's going to run the team. It shouldn't be like, it doesn't have to be like a complete polar opposite, but it should be a different like frame of mind, a different view on the game. Mm-hmm. I think Big Sam would have provided that. We need Big Sam back in but the at, league. But at the same time, it's like Big Sam going to try and park the bus. Maybe that's all Leeds can do yeah. at that point. But then you watch a play like Kuliszewski, and it's like, no, they probably couldn't park the bus because they stink. Yeah, they so, do. Good one for Tottenham, though. 4-0. Mm-hmm. Good they've, been dropping, they've been dropping a lot of games. Good response. That's the thing is like you might say, well, it's Leeds defense, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, well, at least they did it, you know. Yeah, it's still a, still a good morale booster anytime you win 4-0. And it's going to if you were to drop points there, I mean, yeah. whatever chance of Europe you had is now completely out the window. So this at least yeah. gives you a, just a glimmer of hope. It allows you to get that kind of blip off the radar from losing to Burnley. It's like get that out of your mind. Okay, we're back on track. Yeah. Or so you think. We'll <clears throat> Speaking see. about a team who has been on track. Oh my gosh! Newcastle United versus a team that has very much not been on track. Brentford. <laughs> to the lineups we go. I gotta. I have them out of order on my phone, which is annoying. I had the Villa game there. All right, lineups: Raya, Ayer, Henry, Pinnock, Jansen, Norgard, Jensen, Janot, De Silva, Wisa, and Buemo. How? Sad Brentford, that is. <laughs> uh, Newcastle, we have Drubka. 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 Dubravka. No. Shar, Target, Kraft, Dan Byrne. There's a name I can say. Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne. Good, proper Englishman. Absolutely. Jolinton, Shelby, Willick, Wood, Frazier, Murphy. You know, I found out Dan Byrne uh, is a Geordie. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I didn't know yeah, that I, I read until that. this week. That's why uh, he went there. Yeah, he just up and left. He's like, so, adios. That'd be kind of strange in terms of like England. We won't spend that much time on this, but if you were living in like, or you grew up in Newcastle and then you spent a lot of time at Fulham and then 
even more strange probably has to be Brighton at the very bottom of England. That is very far south, yeah. Yeah. So he he wanted to go back home. The farthest flight possible. Um, That probably, you know, played a factor for Brighton determining whether to sell or not. It's like, well, obviously he wants to go. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, to the game. Kind of back and forth a little in possession early on. Strange sequence sees Brentford win a free kick, but after review, it was a foul and a red by De Silva on Newcastle. I couldn't believe that this was not. How was this, first of all, given as a foul, or I guess just a free kick for Brentford? And then you have to go back and look at it and say, <laughs> no, it was actually a red on Brentford. Like, how. Who is this? Mike Dean. Mike Dean. I think yeah. it, I think it's only par for the course of this season. The way the refereeing is going, that was. I I <clears throat> we, we're not talking about it anymore. Um, Newcastle <laughs> set up with a free kick edge of the box, but can only muster shot, not a goal. But they still have the man advantage. Um, Newcastle able to kind of uh, break as Frazier picks out Wood, but Raya up to the task at the 25th minute. I'll say Chris Wood in this game able to uh able to get chances he just couldn't convert them and that's just kind of the story of <laughs> of Chris Wood uh this season just not able to take the chances that yeah, he's been he's given been very poor this season um Newcastle get their goal Joel Linton with the header from Frazier um and he sprint. I don't know if you saw. It. He sprinted the length of the field from the goal he scored on all the way to the Newcastle supporters. This is so awesome. Yo, Joe respect. Linton. Joe Linton. So good. The man's hyped. Um, chance by uh, Fraser and Wood, who have both their chances saved. But another goal from Newcastle. Um, Counter attack starts with. Fabian Scher, of all people, kind of leading the break. Amazing touch. Uh, nice little touch pass forward and plays the ball through to Willick. Rips it one-on-one with Raya. We've been talking Joe Willick. Joe Willick's playing, back, baby. Playing well. Speaking of playing well, this game. I mean, Target played well last game, too, so he can't get too much of a shout. But the main the main guy in this one was Ryan Frazier. He was, a, he was a madman in this game. <laughs> He is a madman. Um, Newcastle spell of possession and almost make it three 0 before half with the look at this header. I know I watched it live. I was trying to tell you about it. Joe Linton sprinting. Oh, that's great. Uh, with a saved header off a corner. I thought that Raya played pretty well in this one. He doesn't have a ton of help out there. Um, I think if Brentford do go down, I think there should be a team that spends. At least fifteen to twenty-five mil. If well, they really need a keeper, David Raya is pretty good, just as a general stopper. Yeah, Arsenal was rumored uh, to be interested in him a couple of seasons ago. I think mm-hmm. would have been before Ramsdale. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, it didn't end up happening. Yes. New, uh, kind of oh, Newcastle open up second half. More chances, I guess, um, but they don't really take them. And then as the game kind of went on, they're you know able to kind of sit back more comfortably, hold the ball. Uh, as we talked about Newcastle, that's just so crazy that they're able. I mean, this game not that crazy because Brentford aren't. 
amazing or anything, and they're down to 10 men. But just yeah. Newcastle's ability to hold the ball and see a game out or hold the ball yeah. and actually like kind of go forward to create chances. It, it's just very strange because we're so used to them mm-hmm. not being able to do that yeah. at all. Brentford's best chance, second half. Uh, got a little momentum around the 60th minute. Norgard skims the top of the netting with a shot. <clears throat> just not able to take it. But um, the only other notable thing in this one, Christian Eriksen coming back, subbed on for Brentford. Good to see. Yeah. Maybe can provide a spark near the end of the season, but I think uh, just good to see him back after it happened to him at the Euros. So yeah. 2-0, Newcastle. Eddie Howe, manager of the month. Manager of the season? Manager, manager you know, of the half season. I think what's crazy is that Newcastle, even when he got there, looks so poor. Yeah. Still. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh man, maybe, you know, shouldn't have got rid of Bruce or something like that. But then they brought in a couple guys and they started to look better. And now, I mean, they're not, they don't even have Trippier out there, but there must just be some effect that's worn off on these guys. And they mm-hmm. have some just confidence in terms of playing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you're getting good performances out of guys like, like Frazier or Char, you mm-hmm. know. I think it, it's just kind of like a confidence factor. You start seeing the goals go in, picking up the points. Everyone's feeling good. They play a little looser. They got a new manager. And their midfield yeah. is just playing a whole lot better. Shelby and Willick uh, yeah. specifically are actually kind of coming on into their own. So as far as Brentford go, this attack is just dreadful and continues to be dreadful. They have to do something to change up. I I would guess formation change or you know, if you just I know it's not what they normally do, but it's just kind of semi park the bus a little bit and then just hit on the counter. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. what you do at this point. Yeah. Yeah, we got to see something different because they are on a crash course with relegation at this point. Yeah, they're not getting the you know, the set pieces, whether it's long throw-ins or the yeah. long free kicks where they can work their routines, they're not even getting those chances anymore. So yeah. it's like, what? how are you going to generate your goals? The long throw-in, that was something that we saw a lot earlier in the season. and They just can't get anything going. Yeah, it's just, it's just been a struggle. They look so much worse than they did at the start of the season. I mean, it it's probably likely kind of the opposite of what Newcastle has going on. Yeah. They keep losing, running out of confidence. Yeah. I mean, well, Brentford, whether it's off corners or long thrones, like you said, even long set pieces, that's where they look mm-hmm. most dangerous. Now their like best chance a game will be like Jensen or Norgard near like the edge of the box just taking a shot and it goes yeah. like just wide. It's like that's it's like, oh my gosh. So sad to see Brentford you gotta you gotta fix that. Um in terms of your play style. You gotta do something to spice it up. Mm-hmm. Speaking of spicing it up. Speaking of spicing it up, we got two spicy teams, Crystal Palace and Burnley's second game of this podcast. Oh, we have a third one too. Yes, we do. We kind of got Burnley out a little bit. They might they might be running out of juice. <laughs> we gave them a little bit of juice, now they might be running out of it. Well, when you play four games in 11 days, you know, <laughs> that, that'll do it. Getting into the lineups, Butland, Mitchell, Gahey, Anderson, Klein, Milivojevic. MacArthur, Gallagher, Olise, Wilfred Zaha, and Jeffrey Schlupp. Not as good as the last lineup. Yeah, this is a rotated lineup, and I don't like it at all. Um, what are your thoughts on Jack Butland replacing Guaita? I like Jack Butland. 
I think he's, he's kind of come back out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, he used to be just really one of the rising stars of Stoke. Struggled with injury issues. He was a England international. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good to see you. And on the other side, Nick Pope. He's oh, he's been, been killing it. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, you got to think someone might be interested in signing him in the offseason. Tarkovsky, me, Roberts, Peters, Cork, Brownhill, McNeil, Lennon, Voot, and J-Rod. <laughs> J-Rod. J-Rod. Getting into this one, Palace get it kicked off nicely with a goal in the ninth minute. Jeff Schlupp gets on the end of a nice cross from Olise. Palace's real first real attack of the game, and it was a nice one. Great ball in from Olise. Olise officially, where would you put him in the Palace power ranks of attack players right now? Oh, man, right now he's got to be. He might be one. He, I think he's number one. Yeah. He has been dynamic, really good these these past. I don't know, five or so mm-hmm. games that it's, he's really got to run in. Gallagher's been so good this year, and Wolf, especially lately, has been kind of clicking yeah. too. So that's saying a lot about Elise. Yeah, it's good to see. Um, you know, there were times earlier in the season where he'd, he'd get a game or two here and there and he'd make some good plays, but didn't really get that constant run of form. Do you feel like him and Etze might kind of overlap in a way that, like, not saying they can't play together, but it might be in completely different play styles, but in the way that like Emil Smith Rowe and Odegaard, where it's like if you look at it from like just a perspective of like you're not looking at lineups or anything, you're like, they're pretty similar. But yeah. It's like you can make it work with two of them together. Yeah, I definitely think you could because they kind of run a four-three-three anyways, and it's like it's just a matter of getting those guys. You get one on one side, one on the other, and then you have whether it's Will for Edward or once Benteke comes back and healthy, scoring 20 goals a season, you know? Yeah, I I, 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 think, <laughs> yeah. I think they can work together. I think where it gets a little kind of weird is when you're getting Gallagher in the mix too and then you have someone up front. Yeah. It's it's pretty top-heavy. Um, yeah, but if you're going with Kuyate out there and probably MacArthur yeah. or maybe Hughes instead of MacArthur. I yeah. feel like you could get away. You might want to do it specifically against like a lower side. Yeah. And also you don't have someone where you have like, like Wilf, you know, like a pressing he, he, he can, forward. He can more. really press hit yeah. on the counter. Yeah. Um, I think Mateta is kind of like that too. Whereas as a, it's a, and, uh, Elise, they're more kind of slow it down, playmaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, dynamic on the ball, but not like breakneck pace. I'll tell you what, there wasn't much dynamic about this game, which broke my heart. No, the first half really <laughs> looked like two teams that just played, especially Burnley. You know, mm-hmm. they played a lot. Yeah, that's, that was the curse of the you have games in hand, but at the same time, it's like. That really sucks because you're just going to have them jammed in all at one time. Yeah. So it's like you're not even going to get your best games out of there. It's like it would have been probably better if you just played them, you know, right away. Yeah. But, you know, the snow is apparently an issue. The snow. Yeah, you could tell Burnley they were going with the physical route as we're used to seeing Palace. They just 
didn't really look like they were clicking. I don't like Milivojevic out there anymore. I think it's time to move on from him. Is he up after this year? I sure hope so. I don't know. We'll have to look it up. He's just he's just done. He's toasted. Goes into halftime, 1-0. Not much between either side. And then coming out of the gate, second half, 46th minute, Aaron Lennon shoots from a tight angle, gets an own goal from Mr. Milovojevic. Yeah, what Burnley, Burnley only had like, I felt like two or three shots this game. It was pretty rough. This wasn't yeah. even one of them. <laughs> yeah, it, it was rough attacking for Burnley. They had some decent spells of possession, but really mm-hmm. the chances just weren't there. They took their one later on. I'll let you get to it, but yeah. that was an impressive play. Just very unfortunate, Mr. Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they draw a level right after halftime. That's that's pretty good. You know, coming out of halftime, you get the goal right mm-hmm. away. Good to go on. Um, Burnley pushing on the attack. Uh, Voot has a header go high off the corner. 66th minute then. Uh, Voot scores off a Jay Rodriguez shot, but it's ruled offsides. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate for Burnley. Barely, barely offside, yeah, but... very tight margin. You know. And then... 70th minute, Zaha Zaha has a nice shot saved, and then his shot hits the post and out. That was pretty yeah, that unlucky, two too. Shot, that two-shot sequence um, by Wilf was probably the best chance in the games. But, yeah, you know, I Nick Pope, too good. Even though one shot was still right at him, but, you know. Yeah, Nick Pope was phenomenal, as always. Um, it felt like... Zaha could have done a little better given the chances and space he was being given. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the times you really want him. Especially when... against guys like Peters yeah. and even the center backs. It's mm-hmm. like they might be more physical than Wolf, but it's like you definitely have the speed advantage. I expect you to create a shot. Yeah. It's just kind of unlucky, though, that he does that and it hits the post. So Right. Yeah, you would like to see couple more of those times where he can get past Peters and just get into some good space and either pass or get a shot off. But ultimately, ends 1-1 point for each side. That's probably fair, yeah. Um, Yeah, you could tell both sides looked kind of worn out. But I did think Elise was really good in this game Mm -hmm. overall. Moving on. To another very meh game. Are you sure? I liked it. I liked it. It was it was good from the like memes perspective. Yes, absolutely. And that's what we're here for. So we're talking about Manchester United versus Watford into the lineups. Got De Gea, Lindelof, Veron, Teles, Juan Bissaka, Pogba, Fred, Fernandez, Matic, Alanga, and Ronaldo. Um We've seen kind of what Ralph Ranić likes to do um, as far as the lineups go. And, I mean, there's probably a slight bit of rotation in here, but you can't get away with Matic starting. That doesn't work. Yeah, Matic and, and Fred is just a... Uh, it's uh. a bit too much. Um, <clears throat> I thought that especially, you know, he hasn't been killing it in the Champions League, which he played... Um, a few days before, but I felt they probably should have had Sancho out here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and now they're probably the thought is, uh, you know, how often you're going to have a chance to counter against Watford. So maybe that's a part that Ranyuk didn't like, but, um, I don't know, even just creating his own space against Watford and creating his own shot or setting up other people. I feel like you could get away with Sancho against Watford. Yeah. I mean, ultimately the change, you know, having Alanga out there instead, I don't think they're really that different style of players. Yeah. Um, I feel like Alanga has probably a little more finishing to his locker than uh, yeah. Sancho, but Sancho definitely has more creative aspect mm-hmm. to him. But For Watford, Ben Foster, Ngakia, Kamara, Cathcart, Samir, Loza, <laughs> Tom Clevs, Sizoko, Josh King, Saar, and Dennis. So they go with that 4-3-3 slash 4-4-2 with, Saar kind of dropping in, but not really yeah. doing a whole lot. Same thing. So, Starting off the game, United get off to a fast start. Ronaldo, fourth minute, hits the post and out. That was a really weird one. It was like it a was. little off the corner of the post and just kind of like came right straight out. Up. Yeah, Didn't seem like the, the physics were working on that goal. No. Or, sorry, shot. 12th minute, Bruno has a shot saved by Ben Foster after he gets in behind the Watford defense. Ben Foster, how about that guy? I thought this game, I thought Bruno, he wasn't, it's one of those games where it's like, was he bad or was he just, eh? Because it's like, he gets in the right spot to create the chances Mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of him not converting or him not making the perfect pass like we've seen from him. So it's like, you know, for another guy, it's probably a good game because he's at least getting in the positions and stuff, but when it's Bruno Fernandes, you're probably like, you should be converting this, so it's not a very good game by his standard. Yeah, definitely when you see him kind of one-on-one with the keeper in that scenario, you'd probably put money on him to score, but you got to say respect to Ben Foster for yeah. coming out. and The man you legend himself, revenge game. Making himself big on that one. And then 15th minute, Ronaldo scores, but he is offside. Again, Watford looking pretty poor defensively, kind of just all over the place, similar to that yeah, last game. It's, you know, the thing with Watford's defense is, like, they have certain qualities in it, but they're not going to be, you know, magnified that often. I thought Samir is fine. He's better some games more than others. Mm-hmm. He's generally just going to be all right for clearances, maybe even blocks, but... You know, he's not going to get a ton of tackles and interceptions and stuff. Um, Kamara still is, you know, given the fact that I expected nothing from any of their signings, I still think he's been pretty impressive at times. Um, but no, like Craig Cathcart. Yeah, Craig Cathcart, Ngakia. Yeah. Ngakia is like a more attack-minded <clears throat> fullback, I feel like. Yeah. Or he's just kind of like a pace merchant. So mm-hmm. it's like... He doesn't really provide much in defense. And Greg Cathcart for, you know, I feel like he's always one of the main culprits of letting Watford uh, concede. It's just you didn't see it as much because he was somehow better than True Stick Kong early in the Mm -hmm. year. Yeah, so going on in the first half, the attack somewhat drops off for United. You can sense there is some frustration from the fans. Not too dissimilar to the Liverpool versus Norwich game. How about um, when Ronaldo was like leaning against the post? 
just had a defeated look. I think it was yeah. after an Alanga chance, and he like didn't pass or something. Yeah, and he's just like ah. Yeah, he he did. Look and Bruno like Fernandez had to walk up to him. He's like, "Don't do that. <laughs> don't make don't make it worse by being a crybaby." Yeah. Yeah. Somehow Watford hold on to the nil nil score line going into halftime. Um, you know that in itself is kind of a victory for Watford. Yeah surviving the wave and you can tell that united is getting frustrated and they come out the second half and it's just super slow there's no dynamic plays coming out of any of the players they look defeated yeah it's you know united at times just lack just in general like movement off the ball yeah sometimes i feel like it's it's just guys like standing around it's like well no one's going to be able to create anything if you're all just standing there especially when it's like circulating the back line and they're like trying to switch up play just passing it one by one sideways Mm -hmm. i just and yeah there's just nothing going yeah and someone someone will get the ball and they'll have space but they'll just kind of like slowly carry it up the field until they end up giving away the ball yeah i i don't get it um watford you know they had some kind of I thought they're going to take the last chance. They had some decent attacks at on the, the 90th counter. minute. Yeah, they the big chance 90th minute. Sard puts it just wide on the counter. I thought he was going to take. I thought he was going to slot it up. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Uh, and Watford hold on for the point away at Old Trafford. Amazing result for Watford. Let's be honest. Yeah, that is amazing result. <laughs> That's about all you can ask for at this point. Um, United, horrible result. Mm-hmm. The only thing you'd say that was bad about it from a Watford perspective is probably United's been conceding so much right after half, and you did absolutely nothing right mm-hmm. after half with the ball. But I felt like because, man, you had been conceding so much and they're a little worried, you know, Watford do possess some quality in attack. That's mainly where all their quality of their team is, 97% yeah. of it. <laughs> uh the other three percent's Ben, ben Foster. Foster. <laughs> yeah, um, and I felt like it was just conservative. It's they, yeah. they should have really just kind of made a push to go for it. Do, what were the subs in this one? I don't remember the subs. Let's see. For United, um, Fred for Sancho at like sixty-two, sixty-three. Luke Shaw coming on, and Rashford coming on. Rashford coming on with fifteen minutes left, like. For Matic. Why was Matic, yeah, why out, there Matic out there for 75 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, is, really and, confusing and, 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 and why, if, why Fred comes off first. If you are going to say, okay, well, we need some defensive stability, so Matic is going to stay out there. Okay, Watford, if they're going to get a chance, it's going to be through a counter, yeah? Because you're holding the ball. Mm-hmm. What is Matic doing to stop a counter attack from like yeah. Emmanuel Dennis and Ismail Sar throwing someone to the ground? Yeah. Before they can run away, if they run past him, it's over. That guy's a refrigerator. He can't move. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. what? So I I don't know. I thought Ranya had a very poor uh, go in this one. Yeah, I mean, even I'll... a guy like Delo, like being an attack-minded defender. I get they've been playing him a decent amount, but it's like I felt he should have been in this game too. I don't know. Or maybe even a Jay Ling's appearance. Yeah. Like, there's so much to do, and it's like you thought you could just get away with 
Pogba and Ronaldo against Watford. Yeah, just seeing the way that they were playing in the second half, it's like, why did it take so long to make those changes? Just very like frustrating. I, said, I think Ronyuk just got that one wrong big time. Yeah. On to the next game. Brighton versus Villa to the lineups. Oh, where is this one? Here, right here. Okay. Bobby Sanchez, Kukurea, Lewis, Dunk, Yol, Veltman, Lamptey, Basuma, McAllister, Motor, March, Maupai, Trossard. For Villa, we have Emmy Martinez, Maddie Cash, Consa, Mings, Digne, Luis, McGinn, Ramsey, Watkins, Ings, Coutinho. So a 4-3-3 slash 4-4-2, I would say, when I watch him play. I, I think Steven Gerrard is listening to this podcast because... We said put in Ings, and he puts in Ings, but then we're like, well, maybe you put Ings and Watkins together. <laughs> yeah, and he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shout out Stevie G. We love you. Yeah. Big friend of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Big ups. Big ups, Stevie G. Um, Yeah, you know, Villa early on trying to build from the back, but, you know, first the first 10 minutes were kind of balanced because... You know, Villa able to kind of hold some possession while trying to build out of the back. But Brighton kind of had the better chances. They'd take it off Villa and kind of push on quick, a little fast buildup or even a counterattack uh, at times. My guy Trossard was having a rough go out there this game. He was not looking good. But then again, kind of the creative aspect of Brighton right now isn't looking very good. McAllister has a chance in this one but doesn't really take it. Motor sneaky has been creating chances he's not good at taking chances obviously we mm-hmm. know that he's not a, a terrific goal scorer or anything but i don't know and then Maupai hasn't been doing a whole lot i feel like you're kind of you know the idea of Maupai is great <laughs> the <laughs> execution of than the Maupai, real Maupai. <laughs> yeah where it's like he'll link up and you know he can make runs in behind because he's quick and shifty and he's even he knows where to be because he can get tap-ins and he's a scrappy guy it's just not what he does. So, uh, yeah. anyways, goal, Villa, first chance, they take it. One-two passing sequence off a throw-in deep in Brighton's territory. Leads to a cross uh, from Digne, which was cleared originally to the edge of the box, and Matty Cash chests it down, volleys it post and in. How many goals is that for Matty Cash this season? Like- three or something like that he got more than sancho (laughs) he might (laughs) he might have a lot more that he might have more than lukaku he might have more than a bunch of guys um big chance for brighton as they play in behind villa they square a ball in the middle mcallister like i was saying gets his chance rips it right off the crossbar pretty unfortunate that he couldn't keep that one down he had plenty of time and space so Mm. There was an almost fight with Douglas, Louise, and Trossard, and that was pretty interesting, um, both getting yellows. Ramsey creates a big chance, um, kind of weird. He, some bounces went his way, but blocked last second by Joel Veltman. was a point-blank chance on net, probably would have scored. Um, and this was just like a feisty physical game. Uh, Watkins and Kukurea going at each other is a prime example a lot of pushing and shoving in this one which you wouldn't really maybe you expect from villa but yeah. you definitely wouldn't expect from brighton getting into it yeah it doesn't seem like two teams where it really boil over but yeah i villa have been kind of 
getting more into that. It seems like, especially that game against Everton, that was kind of a scrappy game as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Second half, continual free kick at the 50th minute, saved by Bobby Sanchez. Very nice save. Very um, nice. Sloppy giveaways and just poor passing by both sides early in the second half. I wasn't liking <clears throat> what I was seeing. Um, eventually Watkins breaks his duck, so he gets a second goal. out All the way out from the back, Tyrone Mings just sends it right up the wing over the top ball. Watkins does the rest, 2-0. And it's like you're sitting there thinking, man, Brighton, this, this is just not good. Your defense not quite holding up as well as you'd like, and you're not getting the attacking chances. Yeah. Um, but Brighton do respond. They get one pretty damn good chance cross from Solly March, who's honestly been probably their best attacking player lately, which is not okay. Uh, to Welbeck, I think maybe Welbeck was surprised because he was unmarked, but he heads it wide. Um, and then Brighton's first shot on net came 80, 80th minute. Against Emmy Martinez, easy save for him. So that's kind of how it ends. Yeah, it's kind of rough for Brighton. I mean, their their attack had already been declining, and then the defenses declined too after the departure of Dan Byrne. So yeah, you're going in the wrong way. Well, offensively, well, where you went, where you went wrong is you did sell Dan Byrne. You have to stick with what we know yes. in terms of good memes, and we know Dan Byrne. Yeah, Villa. You know, they had been struggling in attack. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, they didn't have... It was definitely quality over quantity, to say the least. Um, and it's not even like the quality was that amazing. They just took their chances. Uh, but, you know, having, I think, two games without a goal, or maybe three, then they come out, get two here, especially on the road, big win. Yeah. They do the double over Brighton, so big for them. And like I was saying about Watkins breaking the duck, maybe he gets going. You know, yeah. they need they need someone to kind of just be a reliable goal scorer out there. So yeah. Moving on, next game, Sam's favorite game of the week. This might have been one of the most painful games I've ever watched, just out of sheer awfulness of how boring it was. <laughs> Everton versus City. Everton's lineup: Pickford, Kenny, Holgate, Keane, Coleman, Alan, Ducore, Van der Beek. Richarlison, Iwobi, Anthony Gordon. For City, Aderson, Ruben Diaz, John Stones, Laporte, Cancelo, Gundawan, Rodri, De Bruyne, Sterling, Bernardo Silva, and Phil Foden. Kind of a strange lineup from City. Um, you know, not super attack heavy. And the way that they had it listed when they showed on like the TV and even on this lineup, they have Silva almost as like a false nine. And it's like, I don't know, at least I was sitting there. I'm like, I feel like Sterling or Foden will just straight up be the striker out yeah. there, yeah? Yeah, I would say Foden. Um, yeah, so... I just thought that was weird that <clears throat> they showed it like that. Getting into this game. Everton, starting off, they looked pretty good defensively. Defensively, looked pretty solid. They had some good organized shape at the back. Mm-hmm. Something that... Hasn't always been the case, but no, they look like they were set up pretty nicely. I like the game plan out of Frank Lampard. Of course, you know that Man City is going to want to just suffocate you, but they did a good job of not allowing City to get the ball into the box too much. And yeah, the first half, they, they looked really 
solid defensively, and then they that allowed them to get some chances. Chances in the first half. Yeah, I agree. I think they had better attacking threat. Uh, They had some good chances through John Joe Kenny and then Richarlison. I thought Richarlison should have scored this game, the second half chance, and then that first half chance. Yeah, definitely. You would have liked to see Everton get rewarded for their good efforts because I think mm-hmm. they were the better team in the first half. Honestly. Yeah, I thought, you know, it wasn't the best Anthony Gordon game, but making it happen against City, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be tough. And he, I thought he did an all right job. Yeah. Second half, City start to ramp up the pressure. Pickford forced into a nice double save. He did well this game. Oh, yeah. Um, then 81st minute, City get the breakthrough. A ball from Silva to flex its way to Foden. Poor defending from Holgate and Keane. Oh, that that was bad. To to work that hard for so long and then yeah. just have a brain fart. I would say it's more on Holgate than Keane, but still Keane has to have some blame because, I mean, I get it. He, his main focus is thinking about Foden and making sure Foden, mm-hmm. he's got him marked well. But if the ball's coming at you, you got to react better than whatever the hell that was. Yeah, he was just so flat-footed. But then at the same time, it's like, Holgate with literally touching the ball onwards towards his own net. That was just so bad. Very bad. And then huge moment of controversy, 85th minute. The world's most obvious handball is not given. It was on Rodri. What were they trying to say that like the offside had occurred before the handball or something? Or what was even going on? I was confused about that because I I had my TV on like – two volume yeah while I was they, doing something else they i don't think they said i don't know it it was very confusing i it think there's the an VAR. offside in the play but yeah. it was i think it was after yeah the handball i don't think it was yeah but maybe it was before yeah, it, I went don't know. To, it went to var they but, looked at it and then ultimately it just got ruled for being offside which it was clearly a handball and i don't i yeah, I mean, it, it was below his damn sleeve. I don't even yeah. know what was going through Rodri's mind. Like, no one was near him. Yeah, I think there was kind of a weird bounce with some weird spin where it kind of came towards him a little more than it seemed like it should have. But I but mean, there was no one around him. Yeah, so you didn't need to have your arm up yeah. to do that? I don't know. Very strange, but yes, a definite handball. Frank Lampard, very, very upset. The man who solved football gets jobbed out of a potential draw. And something interesting after the fact, it, it came out that Mike Riley, who's like the head of the referees, apologized to Everton. It's like, well, where's the apologize, uh, apologies for all the other terrible calls that have been made throughout this season? Yeah, but even then, it's like, do you think a club wants an apology? It's like, right. just that get the call get right. Point. Just get the call right. Like, it's not that hard, especially that one by Rodri. Oh, my yeah. God. Right at his elbow. Right. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't understand how how that's even possible for that to happen. I don't know. I don't know what's worse, that that one or the Mike Dean Brentford one where he yeah. calls a foul for one team and then looks at it and says, oh, wait, no, that guy actually gets a red. Yeah. <laughs> Both just terrible, which is very unfortunate, ruining the Premier League. Yeah, so overall disappointment from Everton. They played fairly well in this one. I'd say they played damn good for Everton standards. I'll give you that. Yeah. Not that you want to hear about a moral victory or anything, but right. played well. 
speaking about teams getting a little close to the bottom of the the uh, the table, everything are getting right close. There. They're there. Yeah. They're there, man. So they got to get a win here soon. Two teams fighting for Europe right here, Wolves, West Ham. Tell the lineups. Fabianski, Cresswell, Zuma, Dawson, Fornells, Suchek, Ben Johnson, Declan Rice, Antonio Lanzini, and Bowen. For Wolves, Saw, Cody, Kilman, Saiz, Hover, Marcel, Nevis, Dendonker, Trincao, Silva, Chan. That was a little defensive from Wolves. A little too defensive. You feel you feel that way? Yeah. And Marcel, very, uh, I guess, you know, he's kind of yeah. a white playing Hover, too, in terms of, but they're a little more defensive-minded than attack-minded, so no Aitnuri. I think Hover can be and pretty got good hurt, going I guess. forward, but I don't know. The, the attack. Not trip, to mention Dendonkers in the lineup, too, yeah, with Neves. Yeah, Dendonker. Um, so you're really relying heavy on Trincao, Silva, and Chan, specifically Chan. Chan was, like, in that Raul Jimenez role where he's, Virtually a false nine ten mm-hmm. kind of role, linking up with Neves and stuff. I think Trincao and Silva don't play those guys together. I mean, they're not very good on their own. So no, so yeah. Um, to the game, uh, back and forth pretty early on. Two sides. Uh, you know, I'd say first like twenty minutes or so. Both kind of have attacks, but not looking super great. Uh, best chance came about. 20th minute with Cresswell's free kick went just wide. Um, bouncing ball uh, from an ensuing corner, and uh, Zuma snatches at a chance with this we- just like wild back heel flick. When if he lets it sit there, Antonio is literally facing the net straight on and can just blast it in. But uh, the cat kicker strikes again. <laughs> the cat kicker. Uh, we don't forget Zuma. <laughs> World War Three may have broken out, but uh, we remember. I remember the cat. Uh, best chance, probably the first half. You'd have to say comes through Rice, who just takes it on his own and hits the post on a curled effort. Uh, West Ham clearly with the most chances, but Wolves get one damn good chance right before half. Um, kind of get near the end line. The ball kind of. Just sprays out, kind of strange. Towards the edge of the box, Chan, with the chance, puts it wide. Should at least got on that. From that, from that inside the edge of the box, yeah. unmarked, that's got to be on that. Yep. Second half, we go in, nil-nil. Wolves uh, dominate possession first five, ten minutes. Have a decent chance through Churn Cow. I thought Trincao and Silva had like one or two moments this game where they had the chance, but West Ham's defense was able to just get there in time. So Wolves just not really able to, you know, take their chance or even get a shot off for that matter. But getting a shot off, West Ham score a goal. Intricate passing sequence from West Ham. Saiz rotates off Sushek for some reason. I don't know why he like tried to play some like weird offside trap, but only he thought it was an offside <laughs> trap, and just like left him. And Marcel had to kind of cover two guys, and it wasn't gonna work. Uh, so one nil, West Ham. Big big time game from Jose Saw this week. Bunch of saves in the second half. Um, stuffed Antonio a few times, and Bowen 
from what should be clear-cut scoring chances. Um, Wolves' best chance get forward at the end um, was a long-range effort from Neves, but right at Fabianski. So it ends 1-0. This game, you know, struggling attacks, really good midfields, so it's going to be hard for those teams to get the ball through each other. So you didn't expect a ton of chances, not to mention pretty really good defense from Wolves this season. And West Ham, they're kind of spotty at defense, but on their day they can be good defending. And this day they were damn good defending. So you figure it'd be low scoring, just a matter of who gets one. Mm-hmm. West Ham get one. Massive win. Kind of sucks for Wolves uh, not taking even just half of their big games, one for four. They beat Tottenham, lose two to Arsenal, lose to West Ham. I wouldn't say Wolves are fraudulent by any stretch of the imagination, but you yeah. would have figured they could have maybe got another one out of those games. Yeah, and they or at least two draws or something. They they sure could have. I mean, things just go a little bit differently. Arsenal, they could have got a win there, got a point. You know, things yeah. could have changed. It's. That's just kind of the narrow margins that Wolves are at. It maybe just kind of a notch below, you know, yeah. like a half notch or something. Not yeah. very close, though. And wrapping it up. Sam's favorite team. We started with Burnley. No, I don't think we did. I, I don't remember. We did, the Tottenham-Burnley game. Was that the first one? Yeah, that's the first one we covered, Tottenham-Burnley, the snow day makeup. We started with, with Burnley, and we'll end with We're Burnley. going out with Burnley, baby. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> just just as they started, they 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 started good. They got the win. Second game, they got the draw, and they just fully faded. They got the L in this game. That's the beauty of the Premier League, right there. Up against Leicester. Burnley. Lineups: Nick Pope, Charlie Taylor, Tarkovsky, me, Roberts, Brownhill, McNeil, Lennon. Westwood, Voot, Veghorst, and Cornet back in the lineup. For Leicester, Schmeichel, Suyanchu, Amarte, Pereira, Luke Thomas, Tielemans, Ndidi, Dewsbury Hall, Harvey Barnes, Albrighton, and Daka. I got to say, when I saw that lineup for Leicester, I was like, ah, I don't really like it. But It makes a little more sense. If you're going to have Ndidi and Tielemans out there. I, I do like Dewsbury Hall because yeah. he's a little defensive, yet he can provide just enough going forward. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's going to be, you know, creating James Madison chances or anything, but he, he can do enough. Yeah. Starting this one off, Lester starts off the game with some good possession. Ninth minute, Ricardo gets a low shot saved by Nick Pope, who was on fire this game. On fire this he game, was, standing on his head. Yeah. 20th minute, Cornet scores at the far post after a nice move from Aaron Lennon, but he's ruled offside. Very By unfortunate. the thinnest of margins, too. Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. After that point, you know, Burnley, you, you know they weren't going to be able to do too much in this game. Yeah. Just tired. Tiredness. They have Sean a Dyche pretty did not squad. help him. So by rotating like at all in these games, he doesn't have much of a choice. Yeah, but... I mean Aaron Lennon played like all the games, <laughs> and he still looked pretty good in this game. To yeah. be honest, he for some reason. Well, you got to you know when this when the stove's hot. You know? Yeah. Um, first half, 
some more nice saves out of Nick Pope. One of them, 41st minute. This was probably the craziest reaction save yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. He just somehow flicks his arm up. <laughs> and gets enough on it to put it over. And it was like Harvey Barnes was like six <laughs> yards out. It's like, how is this, how is this yeah, possible? Yeah, just a rocket, Nick just, Pope. Just pinpoint reflexes. Absolutely insane. Goes into halftime, nil-nil. Burnley start off the second half looking pretty decent, but again, they didn't really create too many chances. Yeah, it was that really the best one was that Corne one, and he got around Schmeichel. I uh, put it between his legs, but it ended up going wide. Yeah. Pretty unfortunate. Yeah. And then they had one kind of near the end. Um, Schmeichel almost didn't get there. Jay Rodriguez, I think, almost mm-hmm. beat him to the ball, but Schmeichel gets there, yeah. hoops it upfield, and then... Yeah, he was kind do? of in no man's land out there on that one. Um, yeah, the defense clearly was having some uh, miscommunication with Schmeichel, mm-hmm. and Schmeichel, as a 35-year-old man, was going about two miles per hour. Yeah, he was very slow. <laughs> uh, Lester makes some changes. They bring on Madison. They bring on Jamie Vardy, and that yeah, just great to see Vardy back. That just changes the game. Um, right away, you see the quality that Jamie Vardy still has. I mean, yeah. he's just leaps and bounds. He is one of the great players. It made me think that if they maybe had Vardy this year, they'd probably be where like Wolves are, even. Yeah. Or like slightly, maybe even above that, kind of be like kind of that Tottenham Wolves range. But then again, it's their defense has been so shit. Who knows? But like, you, I would figure Vardy could get fifteen to twenty if he was playing this full year. Yeah, it's so. it's crazy the amount of goals he has. He's got like nine the season yeah and it seems like he hasn't even played that much he's missed like half the year it feels like you're like 40 percent of it yeah but he comes on just instantly you see an uptick in quality along mm-hmm. with madison 82nd minute madison hits the lovely curling goal yeah just a beautiful goal from madison i felt bad not necessarily for burnley in this one but for nick pope having that amazing game and then yeah. you concede and it's like there's nothing you could it was a perfect shot by yeah madison. unsavable no one stepping up to even contest the shot madison has all day so mm-hmm. and then 90th minute vardy scores on an open header nice cross from barnes but jamie vardy you know he just gets in those pockets of space ends yeah. up wide open yeah i thought you know barnes had a pretty good game uh, in terms of creation, I thought that he was really yeah. the only guy in terms of creation. I didn't think Tielemans did much. I didn't think Daka did much. All um, Brighton did, didn't yeah, do anything. No, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, Vardy going over, celebrating the Leicester fans, and then shushing the Burnley <laughs> as only <laughs> yeah, Jamie Vardy could do. Yeah, you know, it, it made me think, and I was thinking – it's going to be sad when Jamie Vardy retires. Oh, absolutely. He, he just brings so much to the league, the game, to Leicester, everything. He's a great player. He's, going from non-league to the Premier League is already motivating enough, but then he's just like such mm-hmm. a likable guy. Yeah. Just hilarious. The ultimate English lad. Yeah. The, he the shouldn't chap. be as good as he is, but <laughs> no. somehow he is amazingly good yeah and he's got to go down as one of the premier league legends i mean if he was playing at the top flight for a longer amount of time who knows but he, then again he maybe he's really not in the there. same spot if yeah he doesn't have those experience so definitely 
an icon for sure. Did you come up with your list of five to six guys? Um, you know, I forgot was, we were going to do I that. I know. I should have texted you about it. It's because it, I don't know, it's on the brink of being like a regular week, but then there's like four or five, well, probably not four. There's probably like three or four. I'm going to look through here and I'm going to. Can I do my five? Yes. All right. And, and I have a goalie, so you don't need to think of goalie unless you want to say Pope. But um, Ryan Frazier, who was insane. I think he mm-hmm. had like – he at least had 10-plus shot creating actions uh, against Brentford. He was just wild out there. Matty Cash, another fantastic defensive effort, and then getting the goal and attack. Thomas Sushek, probably one of his better games of the year. Um Shay McAdams, only because he's been in Fuego lately, didn't take many chances this game. I got a crap goal, but he still continues the goal streak. Yeah. So, and then I put Pickford because he was really actually fantastic this game against Man City, <clears throat> I thought, and yeah. really even gave him a chance with yeah, some definitely. of the saves he made. I'm going to say number one, I'm going to say Lacazette. Shout out Lacazette. Normally he gets subbed off around like the 65th minute. But he was still the working, working his butt off, even into the fifth minute of uh, added time there, mm-hmm. getting the winner. Massive, some great passion out of him. See, I thought you might have said Pepe because he got the goal and then he kind of created on the Lacazette. Yeah, what should have been goal, but own goal. Yeah, definitely, that's fair. Um, I just got a lot of respect for for Lacazette. He was out of the team for a while, but mm-hmm. he, he came in. You know, no hard feelings, and he still works really hard. And yeah, he's, he's kind of the model. opposite of Aubameyang. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's a good leader. Uh, second one, Nick Pope made some insane saves. I think that one, you might still say Ramsdale save of the year. I think that one Yeah, it's was, close. That was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> just point blank, just a rip right at him, and just like the flexing, like the bicep to get the forearm on it. Yeah, Wild. we've had some really good saves this season. We've mentioned before, but the level of goalkeeping has just been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with an Everton player. I'm going to say... I'm Donnie? Going, going Donnie kind of put in a little bit of a shift in defense. Yeah, I think I think Van de Beek is a good shout. I, Although I think we might have called him out last week. Alex Awobi. Yeah, I don't. I, I think don't it has know. to be Pickford. Pickford, Pickford had an amazing Pickford, game. Yeah, that's fair. So, and then I'll I'll pick one more. I'm going to say Olise. Good for Chris. Wallace. He's been killing it. Yeah, he's been been doing really good. What about Ronaldo? You didn't want to shout him out. Uh, Sue. Pogba. <laughs> Pogba. <laughs> um, what do we got here for the upcoming games? Let's let's get some predictions, some previews going here. First game Saturday. We got Leicester versus Leeds. First, the American Leeds. Oh, man. Jesse Marsh. At the King Power. Some might even say marching on together. Oh, no. That's bad. Uh, Yeah, this one, it'll be interesting to see how much of an effect Marsh has on Leeds. Obviously, like we said, he's very similar to Bielsa's attacking style, kind of pushing forward. For those who don't know, he used to manage uh, Salzburg, had success in the Austrian league this year, went to Leipzig and 
got a pie to the face <laughs> was just terrible got sacked as they were mid-table yeah. um taking over for leads now lester if Vardy's playing maybe madison will start this one we'll have to see their defense i still don't believe it's still shaky burnley had their chances they just unfortunately didn't take them so i'll probably go with a 1-1 draw but i feel like if i had to pick a team to win i'd probably go leicester 2-1 but we'll go with a draw 1-1 i'm gonna say 3-1 leicester i have more confidence in leicester i just feel like they have if vardy's out there it's a whole different dynamic i think even without vardy they have enough quality to get past leads caught off of defense uh yeah Leeds, I just don't expect anything out of them going forward. I expect them. They're to gonna have just to hold on awful. and maybe get one or two more wins somehow out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's gonna come from like a Rafinha pen, and they just park the bus and hold on. I, I mean, I don't know how they're <clears> gonna do it, but that's yeah. how it's gonna have to be. Yeah. So going forward, I've just no expectations. So, yeah. Second game, Aston Villa versus Southampton. This one should be interesting. Two, you know, pretty decent teams here southampton on a good run of form aston villa this is my kind of game right here coming off a nice win <laughs> against brighton slight favorite to southampton you gotta say um i think it's negated by the fact it's at villa park i yeah. think it makes it pretty even if it's yeah that's fair. if it's a you know if this game for whatever reason at wembley it's even, <laughs> even neutral field, yeah neutral field then you probably favor southampton uh by a little but yeah since it's at villa i'd say it's about even um yeah can southampton keep up the attack um will be the main question kind of starting off strong villa on the other end i am always curious to see with steven gerrard like what tactics he wants to go with in terms of because it feels like there's like two or three versions of villa where it's like they have one where they're comfortable sitting back they absorb and they kind of look for the counter a little bit Mm -hmm. and they have some where they try to get possession they build from the back and then they kind of try to suffocate you yeah so i wonder how they're going to go about this i feel like they might kind of be forced into the first one if southampton starts strong like they normally do Mm -hmm. but um i don't know i kind of favor after seeing villa's midfield last game i kind of favor them a little bit as far as that aspect but the defenses you know they can be a little hit or miss at times. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw as well on this one. Yeah. I, Back-to-back 1-1 draws to I was thinking 1-1 as well. You look at both offenses, and they're kind of shaky too in terms of consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, che Adams has been good lately, but we've seen you know, numerous Certain times. guys on Southampton, just they haven't been bad, but they haven't been great. Mm-hmm. Armstrong um el new ac you know they've been playing above what they had been but they're still not taking their chances as much yeah broja hasn't scored for a little bit he's still doing stuff out there but he's just not scoring as much so we'll have to see with southampton if they can keep up the attack yeah so one one for both of us on that one next game burnley versus chelsea i don't know what to make of this for chelsea yeah, Chelsea, they're in a weird state right they're, now. They might be like the new Enigma team. We don't know what to expect from them. Yeah. Um, Not to mention, you know, things going on off the field. Yeah, with Abramovich, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, who knows? Just what that a whole weird situation. cloud kind of around the club right now. Yeah, which is so so strange. You know, coming into the year, fresh off the Champions League victory, European Super Cup, you're like, oh, this is gonna be great. And they come out, they have good performances. They go toe to toe with Liverpool and stuff. Yeah. And then like a few injuries, and you're like, oh, it's okay. You know, they're deep. And then it kind of you know, the Lukaku stuff happens a few results don't go their way and it kind of just snowballs into this big thing and you don't know what it is yeah and then you you're still waiting for them to like break out because you know they have quality but yet it's like they're not really doing bad it's very strange right now you find yourself wondering how did we get here yeah exactly um i will go with i think burnley's gassed i'm gonna go with a two nil victory i was gonna say two nil as well (laughs) yeah i Burnley. This is so bad that we're just agreeing. I'm sorry, Burnley. I think too many games. I think you're gassed. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if you know what kind of lineup they go with. Do you go if you were Tuchel? Would you go with Lukaku, big physical Lukaku against these center backs? I think if you go Havertz, there's a chance he just gets free and scores. But if you're going for like crosses and stuff, he's just gonna get bullied by those center backs, by Tarkovsky and me, or even Collins, maybe. Yeah, you feel like the logical choice is Lukaku, but then he's also been so terrible. Poor. So I don't know. I don't I, are know. you kidding me? He scored against Luton Town in the, <laughs> what, FA Cup? He's coming back. He's, he, I'm thinking he's back. <laughs> the return. Uh, Newcastle, Brighton, the Dan Byrne Derby, Dan the North-South. Yes. The Civil War Derby <laughs> right here <laughs> at St. James Park. The black stripes versus the blue stripes. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are you looking for in this one? You know, I fully expect Newcastle to continue on with their good form. I, On paper, it seems like Newcastle should have a fairly easy matchup. Brighton have been conceding goals and haven't been scoring many goals. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like Newcastle should win fairly easily. I think the crazy thing to think about with Newcastle, too, is when we're talking about the possession... Uh, aspect of it they really haven't needed St. Maximin yeah like at all in terms of they've been able to win kind of without him so mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it's one of those things with Brighton where it's like you know what if they've won one out of their last like four or five kind of slip in yeah. eventually you just break that we saw it last week with the team they just played Villa Villa was like had won one out of their last five and it's like oh is there trouble so um, I would suspect Brighton to kind of tighten up ship, especially defensively. Uh, so I, I think that this might be a goalless draw. That's what I'm leaning toward. I'm going to say 2-0 Newcastle, but I wouldn't be surprised if Brighton pull out a win just because maybe... I don't know if I could see them getting a win. I think they got to get like a really just grinded out result first before they get back to those ways but i guess you never know they could have a trossard banger or something the quality's there not to mention if they're gonna sit back and absorb the pressure from newcastle lampty kukurea who've honestly been playing fine for now um but they could be playing a little better from what we've seen early in the year so i'll go with the goal draw. norwich brentford the battle of absolute Crap stinky, <laughs> stinky, pee-pee-poo-poo matchup right now. There is no form from either of these sides. At Carroll Road, what are you thinking in terms of uh, what we're going to be looking at? 
I mean, this one's got to be nil-nil, doesn't it? I, both sides' attack has been awful. Their midfield is not very good either. It just makes me sad just talking about this game because it's going to be bad. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I hate this. might just be a low-scoring week. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that... Maybe Josh Sargent steals one for him. But oh, let's go! Is Ivan Tony going to be playing? I'd have maybe it a little faith like in Brentford. Back, but I mean, I think I he know. came back at the end of the last game, but they didn't play him that long. So yeah, I'm gonna go with a. Uh, I'm gonna say one-one because I don't trust either defense. One-one draw. I'm gonna say nil-nil. Wolves, Crystal Palace. Oh yeah, another good matchup here. The Molyneux. I'm thinking this is where Wolves get back on track. Yeah. Get a win. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe like a a 2-0 or a 2-1. I'm thinking a 1-0 against Palace. I like Palace's attack lately, but uh, I think Wolves really have to, you know, very much like Brighton, have to kind of tighten up. Um, Wolves did have a little rotation out of their front line against West Ham, so we'll probably see Jimenez back in there. Maybe Chan starts again and... You get yeah. a drink cow or something with them, but um, Palace's defense last game, honestly, you know Burnley didn't have the best of times playing against Palace's midfield, let alone getting through to their defense. I thought Palace's defense looked good, but then Milivojevic mm-hmm. crapped all over himself. Yeah, if Palace get their ideal lineup, it could very well be a draw. But I'm going to go one nil Wolves. Moving on to the last game of Saturday, Liverpool versus West Ham. Is this one of those games where West Ham pulls out a win at Anfield? <sighs> they love to do it. Yeah, love West Ham love it. playing the big teams. Liverpool are really clicking right now, but, I mean, they're still susceptible on defense. It's just a matter of someone punishing Liverpool early, mm-hmm. um, and then that'll really, I think, kind of throw them off. But... uh. Yeah, I mean, all it'd take is a Jared Bowen or Antonio counterattack, and they, you know. I'm going to go with a draw, though. I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. Okay. I'm going to say... There's going to be a lot of draws. <laughs> I'm going to say... Hmm, man, I really don't know. I'm going to say 3-2 West Ham. I like it. Moving on to Sunday, Watford versus Arsenal. At the Vic. Watford's this... been looking pretty poor lately. Yeah. Especially in uh, defense, to say the least. Want to see Arsenal utilizing Odegaard and Millsmith throw. It could be good this game. Maybe mm-hmm. even get a Pepe sighting again. Yeah. See if he can get something going. But yeah. I don't know if that'd be the best game for Pepe. But I don't know. I'm a, I'm just gonna go with a three uh, nil Arsenal victory. I am going to say. 2-0 to Arsenal. We got the man, Chester, Derby. This has got to be like one man of the like most meh Manchester Derbys and that there's you been. can blame Ralph Ranić and this man you squad for that. I mean also it's at the empty head. Yeah. I don't know. This this game should be exciting but it's like man. I don't know. Yeah, I think what I'm going to be looking for is to see 
that Man U lineup, Seafrania, can get it right this time. Um, they don't have many guys that are versatile in terms of uh, can be attack or kind of defensive-minded um, that they can plug out there yeah. in this one. It's kind of all in or nothing. Yeah, exactly. We saw it with their all-defensive lineup, I guess, last time is what you'd call it. I don't know how they're going to line up, but I don't feel good about it for United. But then City, it, City hasn't been super inspirational with their attack. They struggled to get one pass. It took Everton yeah. to crap their pants to, you know, get yeah. a goal. So Lost to Tottenham. Yeah. I'm going to go with a 1-0 City one. It'll be interesting to see which center-back duo United goes with. Do they bring Maguire back into the team, or do they go with Varane and Lindelof again? Yeah, um, I think you'd your best two are still probably Maguire and Lindelof, but you know, I think it'll be a one-one draw. Tottenham, Everton, this is a match you love to this watch. Game. Was this, this was the first uh, Conte game. Yeah, and it was god awful. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What are you looking for in this one? Uh-huh. And you can't say I'm have my eyes shut, so I'm not going to be looking. Yeah. Everton, I'd like to see a solid defensive performance again. Uh, I want to see them score more goals, though, Richarlison. I feel like he's got to do better. There's a lot of emphasis placed on him, and he just hasn't really mm-hmm. come up with the with the goals this season. I think there's going to be a lack of midfield presence for Tottenham defensively, so I want to see from Everton mainly, Anthony Gordon and Donny van de Beek kind of have a little more going forward. Yeah. Um, as far as Tottenham go, I kind of want to see you hold the ball and, you know, score a goal. <laughs> I don't want it to just be a counterattack. Like, right, yeah. Yeah, you know, you have some nice buildup. You showed that against Leeds, which, I mean, it's Leeds, but Yeah, it counts still. like half. I know. See if Kulisevsky can keep it up. He has a, what, goal in his first... Well, he didn't score in his first game. But he has one in each of the last two two games. Two goals Scored against City. Yeah. So we'll see if he can keep it up. This, I don't know his record against them, but this feels like one where Kane should probably try to start to get going too. Um, You know, he's doing a lot off the ball still, but he's he's still there to bag goals, so we need him Mm -hmm. to... Score some goals. Yeah. I'm Did gonna... we even give a prediction? I, I <laughs> yeah, did. I just realized like we didn't even say a score. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Tottenham two one. I'm gonna say Tottenham one nil. Yeah. So that wraps up match week twenty seven, and kind of we need a prediction from you. Part of. 26. My prediction this time, I'm going to go a little off the cuff. I'm going to say, I'm going to say we get a Danny Welbeck counterattack goal I thought at St. James. I thought Park. you were going to predict someone to score for Manu. You're going to say a Juan Mata goal. <laughs> Juan Mata. Oh <laughs> my God. That'd be nutty. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. The match is on paper. You know, some, not amazing, some, but not some bad. look good, some look not great. Some of them are just so balanced that there's no way 
but for it to end up in a draw yeah. in my eyes. My imagination, my lack of imagination. I can't fancy anyone to yeah. go on and win it. So anyways, it's been another episode. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And we'll catch you next week. You got something to say? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, bless up, fam. <laughs>